All right, good people. This is the true. Uh, All right, good people. This is the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Mushmouth Alan Pettigrew, and with us today we have Philip Dixon. Go ahead and let the people know about you. Hey, what's up? What's up? My name Philly P Dizzle, the Great One, whatever you want to call me. Uh, you know, I'm just over here spinning those facts. I just appreciate that it's new every time this season. Like, I appreciate that, Philip. Thank you for the new flair every single day. <laughs> no problem. And in our left corner, we have the silent killer, Calvin. Let people know about you. What's up, y'all? Calvin McGowan. I don't, I don't have nothing to say. <laughs> I don't. Uh. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get into the show today. We have a special message brought to you by Philip Dixon. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah, I guess we got a special message brought to you by Philip Dixon. Uh, so I was in the line getting my chicken sandwich today from Popeye's, right? <laughs> and... First of all, fire. If this is not basketball related, I'm going to be so upset with you if we keep going. <laughs> no, no, you know, it buzzed me. And I was sitting there, and I was thinking, right? And I was just, you know, because the line was dumb long, so I'm in the line for 30 minutes. And I'm just sitting there, you know, got plenty of time to, you know, just go over my thoughts. And I was like, man, I really know what I'm talking about when it comes to basketball. Uh, if you... <laughs> I'm being dead serious, too. I really thought this. Because... I think I mentioned it, I want to say I mentioned it on one of the earlier podcasts of this season, that I said something about Steph Curry not being able to, like, withstand the season when he has to carry a team. Uh, He broke already. Um, And then I definitely tweeted out through uh, the Traveling Hoopers um, Twitter that, Andre Drummond is the most underrated uh, player in the NBA. And you look at his numbers, most definitely through this year. Those things are ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I have never seen a 20-20 and double-double. Who are you? Just imagine if he had skills. Dude, swear he Moses Malone right now. You know what I mean? Dude doing a real throwback. Um, But then I also said that don't be surprised if uh, Derrick Rose is starting point guard. (laughs) <laughs> by the end of the year, which like was more of a long shot, but this man is about to be starting point guard next game. <laughs> and I didn't realize it was going to be so quickly. Yeah, Ricky Jackson is like uh, injured, but also Derrick Rose is shooting like 55% from the field and averaging 20 points a game. You know what I mean? And like there's this thing they use in the NBA now called minute restriction. <laughs> so, like, that's, like, a helpful, you know, thing to use towards him, most definitely. Um, uh, but, I was, yeah, I was just sitting there thinking about these things. I'm like, man, I really know what I'm talking about. I had three predictions that already have come to fruition two weeks into the NBA season, whatever it is. So I just wanted to let the world know that if you want to know your basketball facts, hit your man up. I should be on first take or something, bro. Nah, bro. Actually, you would be really fun on first take. 
you'd be like LeVar Ball with like better words. Oh, that's so disrespectful. And I don't, I know, I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm talking about he is very captivating. He is loud. He is going to make you pay attention. All right, I cool. think you. I think that that is you. That, that's <laughs> that is you. But I also describes Donald Trump, so like I don't know how to take that. That it, it depends on how you use it. Well, and Donald Trump is pretty much those same things, but you know, bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Alan the wordsmith. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I was like, man, this this is great. This is crazy, and this year the basketball season starting off great. Um, Kawhi Leonard is also. But for the NBA, I don't care what kind of game LeBron has on offense. Um, you know, we had that last game he had against the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Beautiful. Bro, I said this. That is the closest we get to watching whatever bird the Magic Johnson had. Yeah, I thought you was tripping. I'm not going to lie to you. No, think, think about it. Think about it from everything, from the storytelling. Well, when I, I, when I said it, it was Jordan and Bird. But think about it from the storytelling. Like, you already have two diverse, two diverse of things. It is old versus new. It is black versus white. Great, great two storylines there that are very compelling and split people for the most part down the middle. Both of them are amazing. They're going to, one speaks more to one generation than the other one will ever. And the other one is probably like, this dude is going to be the best thing ever. He might even supplant that. Even though I don't think people are getting to that, but some people are heartbeats like that. It is just from everything. Like, not probably not stylistically, but it's just a great matchup, and that's that's something we're going to tell our kids about. That is going to be one of those history games. Because we get old man LeBron looking like his 2012 self, and then we get Bird light. I mean, I just think it's very rare that we are not rare. I think when you use terms and phrases of uh, we will tell our kids about these games, I'm like a lot of you. I can name you probably two game, regular season games in my life that I'll tell my kids about. <laughs> my kids, playoff games, that's different. Regular season games, first three week games, I don't know. Uh, but stylistically, I can see the comparison a bit. Um, not very, you know, Magic and Larry weren't very generation to generation. They were the, they were the college together. Um, and that's why I said the original tweet was Jordan, but I see your point. It was a white, black, that's also that, um, extra dynamic that is there as well. Um, I don't know. I, I just need Luca. I need, he just needs more time. Like, I don't know how I feel about him. I know he's good, but I don't know how I feel about him yet. So I need to watch, like, and I watch some games, you know what I mean? And I, you know, I watch the national televised games. I'm not going out of my way to watch a Dallas Conference game through my league pass. Um, but, you know, give me, like, a solid amount of more games so I can, like, just, like, have it, like, uh, sit on my tongue for a while. Because right now, I, I just think he's cold. He's good. But, like, that's, that's, that's all I got for you. What else do you want from that, though? I mean, but here's the thing, though. I have to try and separate the hype beast from the fact because because the world we live in, he's white. Yeah, he's European white, but still, he's white. 
So they're so there's a certain demographic of people that are gonna hype him to the utmost degree. You know what I mean? So I need to see him play more times than I actually have for me to have an actual like true a hundred percent opinion on him. Besides the fact that he's just good, because that's just a lazy opinion. You know what I mean? That's like I can watch your highlights and tell you you're good or not. Um, um. Yeah, so, like, you know, just because he's white, you know, you, you watch games at home, you hear people using coded words, all kind of stuff. So I need to watch my own twin eyes to, 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 to be able to tell you on a, you know, consistent basis how good I think he personally is. But right now, I think he, you know, is he better than Donovan Mitchell? Is he better than Dame Neon Lillard? Is he better than Kyrie? Um, you can make an argument for all of those people, you know what I mean? He's not a surefire better than every single one of those people. So, like, for it to be like a... You know, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson kind of scenario was kind of jumping the gun, I think. I also really was leaning on, like, the whole great white hope aspect of it. Like, we, the last person that was this captivating that looked like Luka Doncic was, like, Gordon Hayward. And it wasn't even... It's not to the level of flair that Luca has. And, like, for the most part, Gordon Hayward was viewed as an all-star, but that's a regional player. That That's a regional player. He is reserved to, like, his home, his home base of, like, Indiana and uh, Utah. But nobody in, like, Miami is like, Gordon, Gordon Hayward is probably my favorite player in the league. Like, that's just not something that's going to happen. I think... Because of Luca's background, being from over, from overseas, and already being an MVP before he comes over here, and then you already have the nerd community, I'll welcome them gratefully, that are like draft people, and they've been watching this prospect for the past three years, and then there's just some people that are buying into the hype immediately because they believe everything else, but I've watched close to like 60 I've, I've watched at least 60 of Luca's games. He's he's better than uh, Donovan Mitchell. And just how rapid he's approved. Like, last year on defense, that man was... He wasn't laughable, but you didn't, want, you didn't really want him out there. Like, with him slimming down, it just looks so much better now. He's even able to, like, match up with people. He did not look... As bad against LeBron. The fact that he could guard LeBron this year is so much of a jump. Because last year would have been... He, I mean... It would have been like playing T-Ball. I mean, LeBron, because LeBron had outrageous numbers. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, but you're not, you're not going to stop LeBron. There's only like certain places where it's like, oh, you could somewhat contain him and you didn't... For a little bit, though, he didn't even contain LeBron. For a but look at it, he didn't even contain LeBron. No, no. I'm talking about, like, he had to do two moves instead of one. Like, there's some there's some okay. people that it's one size up and it, it's, it doesn't matter. Like, okay. LeBron is they're one size up, and then he was like, oh, okay, you need the counter. I will say this one last thing before I head out. Um, sorry, peeps, I got to go. Um, I do think there is something about this that, you know, Luke has like a, no, how, how, how am I going to phrase this? Um, Gordon Hayward is like white boy corny, right? <laughs> he, just, he just carried himself like a guy who grew up in Indiana. Like he just seems bland, no seasoning, 
You know what I mean? He seems like a white guy who can just happen to play basketball. But, like, Luca seems like he got a little black swag to him. You know what I mean? I think that makes a difference also. Uh, Galvin, what were you trying to say? Galvin, you still there? Yeah. Yeah. What were you trying to say? Uh, I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. It froze. Good, Edit it out. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Luca's definitely gonna be more marketable than any Gordon Hayward was, right? Because Luca's like a good Tyler Hansborough, like swag, <laughs> like swag. You know what I mean? Like Tyler Hansborough had that like gritty swag, like oh yeah, like he got a little, like he hung around some black people. Gordon Hayward looked like he hung around Mormons. You know what I mean? Like he just I mean, he did go to. I'm, he did go. Yeah, to like that. he did play in Utah. Butler. Maybe when he was Butler, he's boring. He was good. We just had no season. <laughs> and with that, I gotta go. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> All right. All right, though. I'll see y'all guys later. All right, peace. Catch me on PG Anecdotes. All right. Uh, I'm out. 5,000. All right. Thank God he's gone. <laughs> uh, um, All right, what? y'all. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? It's like, uh, you want to talk about rookies? Yes, man. That That is my favorite part of this. I don't think you understand. My job is the rookie report. As a producer of this fine podcast, Calvin is the co-producer. I have with all the storylines. But the rookie report is my baby, and we will finally do this thing justice. Hopefully, maybe. Who knows? But... Since we have larger sample sizes, Calvin, mm-hmm. how do you feel about Kendrick Nunn? So, if I'm completely honest, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to Miami, but what Nunn's been getting buckets to start, hasn't he? He's averaging, what, 25 a game, something like that? I thought it was 21, but uh, I'm pulling up the stats now. I might have missed the game. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But my general understanding is what him and Hero have been lightening up, lighting it up to start the season. Oh yeah. Tyler Hero's so, a bad boy. I really need a John. I, we really got to talk about John Calipari as a coach because he keeps having these players who, if by from the untrained eye. Uh, look like Diamond in the Roughs. Because Devin mm-hmm. Booker is like a career 25-point-per-game score. He's even shown that he can handle the ball a little bit, get you a couple assists. When I tell you, I could not see any of that at Kentucky in the five games my, what, what how, how long has he been in the league? Uh oh. About is it five years? I believe what is twenty not twenty fifteen draft class twenty fourteen. I believe it was a twenty fourteen draft class. He's he's been he's been in here a while. Regardless, we know 
from day one, he was a bucket. We didn't have anything to worry about. And he could do other things besides just shoot the ball. Like, I feel like Colin Perry just kind of wasted that one. And the same with Hero. Like, Hero had instances where you were like, okay, especially towards the down, towards the latter part of the season, they let him work a little bit, show off the wiggle. Like, I, I don't understand why Kyle Perry doesn't just, like, unleash these guys. And I get that you have to have a bunch of other people. There's always a point guard, but you haven't had a good point guard in, like, two or three seasons. Let these dudes wiggle. You barely had a point guard when you had the Harrison Twins there and Gulas. Like, Gulas was nice, but, like, he's five foot nine. And that's mm-hmm. not saying anything against my short players. I love my short games. Like, that is a dog. That is one of the that is one of the most unsung dogs we were gonna see in college uh basketball in a while. Like, he did all that as a five foot five foot five foot nine point guard at Kentucky with mm-hmm. two dudes that are six six forced to then back him up. I just <sighs> Mamma mia. Like, I I think the thing with Calipera is, like, a lot of his stuff, like, some of, I think some of how he coaches, yes, it's twin games, but also it's, like, two, I guess, kind of short players' weaknesses. I'm not so sure about Hero specifically, but I know with a lot of his big men, like, dudes will come in wanting to, I guess, shoot shoot more outside shots and whatever, but it'll make, him, make them get in the post, which worked for pretty much everybody except, uh, what, Labissier? <coughs> Yeah. That's Charmin' Paper Boy. Um, so, in that respect, like, yeah, and also it's just probably, like you said, kind of trying to balance, make sure everybody gets touches and trying to, as best you can, utilize everybody. Because if you just get, tell one dude, get all the buckets, that's going to take away from everything. And you're also, and keep in mind, you're also trying to balance egos. There will be some dudes from this year, from any given year, that will roll over. And you don't necessarily want them to dip. Yeah, but you, 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 I, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to figure out when do you, do you let them off the game? Like, I, I get that it's probably best to let them cook in March, cause, oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he talks to him and was like, hey, this is the guy that's built up. We gotta make sure his draft stock floats until the tournament. About time it's the tournament. He's gonna to be locked in because he's gonna do whatever he needs to do because he's one of the stars of the team. And I'll give you more of a leash because I know for a fact that you're a surefire thing. Maybe I'm, am I giving him too much credit? Cause I feel like that is a genius level idea of marketing. And, um, but he's had that draft factory, though. Yeah, I part of me feels like you're, you're kind of giving him too much credit, but it's let. But I think it's like he probably just doesn't think about it that much. I think his thing is more like all of y'all are really good. I'm while for this one year, I'm trying to make you better. As far as the offense, I guess he has whatever kind of system he works out for the given year, and you kind of get in where you fit in. Like it'll work itself out. What'd you say? 
I'm just like, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get off. Uh, wow, man, we got so far away from Kendrick Nunn. But uh, Kendrick Nunn is averaging 22 points on the season. And he is shooting 48% from three. And I get it's early, but he has 31 attempts and has made 15 of those. So he hot. We gonna let, we gonna let him we gonna let him cook. See what's up. Oh yeah, he's lights out early. Yeah. Um. Would you? You know who's surprising me? Who? P.J. Washington. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I gave him the Kentucky big man treatment that I normally give certain players to where I'm just not ecstatic about them in their role at Kentucky. It just doesn't look good. P.J. Washington was one of those dudes. He just... He doesn't look like an NBA power forward. At least he didn't in college. He didn't look like he was that big. Uh, he didn't seem that athletic. And he, he just didn't like show a lot of like pizzazz. <laughs> I thought that's a bad way to describe it. He just looked ordinary. ordinary. And what but I highly think like, I, I didn't even view him as highly effective because what he was doing just didn't add up to me. Like, he's one of those dudes that you look at stats and you'd be like, hey, he had 24 points. When did he get those? Yeah. Like, I, I don't remember him making a shot. And I completely missed the fact that that is very Al Horford-like. Especially young Al Horford. Very for the it, a smaller version of Al Horford, but very unassuming. But he can kind of do everything, and I am so sorry that I did not notice the greatness. But I could easily see him being uh, for me. If I got a vote today, he's top five rookie of the year candidate already. Yeah, that's that's fair. He's definitely got the numbers. Yeah. And if you ask me, he's too early of a simple size, but if we're extrapolating, he has already earned his second contract. Um, what? Hashimura's been doing pretty good, too, over in Washington. Oh, yeah. yeah. Unlike everyone else, apparently can't shoot threes, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's a that's another dude that's just kind of built like an ox and is gonna is gonna take a minute for NBA teams to figure out how to how to stop him because you can't put your you can't put your primary defender on him who's going to be strong enough to actually contain him because he got to go guard Bill. So Hachimura is getting your second strongest dude, and Rui's not playing with you. He's gonna give you that shoulder, and it's, it's over. And I just think it's going to be completely ridiculous if John Wall comes back and is at full strength. They, if the shot ever comes along, they basically just got Otto Porter again. 
I mean, that's hardly a bad thing. No, not at all. I think that's what they're counting on, though, which is probably why they've been holding on to... Didn't they just give Beal a new contract? Yep. He's like a $102 million extension, something, something crazy. And I think I'm being light on that. Yeah, like, I think they're they're working under the hope or assumption that Wall comes back at more or less full strength. Because then you have him, Hashimura, um, Beal. I'm not going to pretend like I know who else is on the team right now. But, and, like, that's a solid crew. Troy Brown somewhere on that team, I think. Uh, Thomas Bryant? Uh You know what? Before we get up out of the rookie report, unless you got some stuff to add, I got one more thing to say that I (laughs) never thought I'd say. What? At least not in the immediate future. Michael Jordan made a good pick. With a lottery pick. Imagine that. They did a good job of finding a forward. Like, I, I'm so nervous. That's part of the reason why I did not like P.J. Washington. So I was like, the Hornets picked you up? I'm sorry. People going to hate that you was drafted this high. Good job, Jeez uh-huh. McGee. You, you did a good one. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Hey, man, it's been 10 years. <laughs> I mean, they should luck up into one eventually. But isn't, I thought Bridges was solid. Or am I mistaken? He he is, but it's another, in my opinion, that's another. It's like a weird Eric Gordon. It's a weird young Eric, I mean, Aaron Gordon. Like, all the size and athleticism in the world, and you just haven't caught up with the rest of your body yet. And by the time they do, they're going to be, like, borderline all-stars. And until then, he just a dude that's much more athletic than other people in the world. But I like him. I'd love to have him on my team. Yeah. Um, real quick, I just want to get this in. This isn't a rookie report thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want y'all to know that if the Suns make the playoffs, you will not hear the end of it from me because they're looking pretty good to start the season. Wow. I'm actually very upset that you did not record that they would be good and then put that on Twitter and be like, at all of us and be like, what, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? He was going. He was going to be nice. Right. And then later in the season, when they crash and burn inevitably, we bring it back up and be like, "What do we tell you?" I mean, but think about this though. They've done most of what they've done to start the season without Aiden. Like you're doing it this without at least one of your starters. I want to think they have a couple other people hurt now. I could be wrong. But it's just like, if they're doing this and they don't have him, it bodes well when, when he gets back off of his, what, suspension? So, yeah. like, keep that in mind. 
nothing about Aiton's suspension and then return from said suspension makes me think that the Suns will be better immediately once he returns. How come? But I am a hater, and I can be proved wrong. But until then, I am not worried about this man. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm just letting you know now. Y'all aren't going to hear the end of it when they make the playoffs. All right, man. You kind of quiet even now, so I'm not worried. I, I mean, that's my default state. That ain't nothing new. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, but, um, you had something else you want to talk about? I do have one more thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how well versed are you with the man known as Emoni Bates? I have heard of him. I have not seen him play. I just know he exists and is supposed to be cold. Calvin, you know why I am upset with you right now? Why? Because I haven't because I haven't looked him up. No, uh. you have let me call a young man named Amani, mm-hmm. spelled E M O N I. It allowed me to pronounce his name as Emoni. I was I I was. I, I was, uh, I'm not going to pretend I was going to let that ride. I did find it kind of odd, though. Calvin, this Mutual Mike segment is brought to you by Jacoby from Jalen and Jacoby. Now, Jacoby is one of my idols when it comes to the podcast game, when it comes to TV, when it comes to producing, when it comes to just being good at your job. And I love this man. He is so infusing to the culture that one of his best friends is Jalen Rose and his wife is black. But he decided to pronounce this young man's name as Emoni. Who I don't. I've heard some wild names. I didn't see the video of the young lady whose name is spelled L hyphen A, pronounced Ladasha. But never in my life. Wait, what? Let it rot, my friend. (laughs) But never in my life did I think. One of my guys that are cherishing the game pronounce a young black man's name so incorrectly. Calvin, I don't know if you know this about me, but one of my pet peeves is when people pronounce words incorrectly. Especially if they're commonly known as being one of those words that can be pronounced either way, but the right way is obvious. Mm-hmm. Like, 80% of the population says it one way, and then the 20% of the weirdos that say it the other. This isn't like the pop and soda debate where it's like split down the middle. I'm talking about this is like, this is obvious. This is a thing you weirdos are purposely being different. That's how I feel about this Emoni Bates thing. 
especially for the young god, Amani Bates, who's out here cooking, looking like baby KD infused with a bunch of other really good dudes that we've seen. Calvin, mm-hmm. I know this isn't your segment today, but how do you feel about this atrocity? Um, not going to pretend it, it it's kind of whatever. Is it annoying? Certainly. But it's it's an easy enough thing to fix. Right. He can just pronounce it correctly next time he talks about him. No! <laughs> I need this to be right. Right all the time. As in, I think I feel so way, and this strikes a chord with this movie so much, is because as a young man, it was fairly soft-spoken, and I'm not behind a mic. Actually, I'm soft-spoken even behind a mic. When I say my name, I do not say it with this voice, especially if we're in close quarters, because there's no need for me to yell, my voice is like, almost comes off as a whisper sometimes. If I say my name is Alan, and you say, did you say Alex? Yes. I am ready to set whatever we are on top of on fire. If that means carpet, yes. If that means a playset, probably not. Because that's illegal. But if I own it, it could go up in flames. That's just how I feel about it. Uh, so this strikes a, a chord with me. I know I've said that about seven times, but we can get seven more. It's my podcast. <gasps> love it or leave it. I'm just kidding. Don't love it. Don't leave it. Give us five stars if you appreciated this rant. And give us five stars if you didn't. So that'd be nice, too. <laughs> but Calvin, I am done with this mutual mic segment, unless you have anything to add. Uh, No. No. Okay, so something, if if I could change the topic, something yeah. I want to talk about um, is some college basketball stuff. Because Finally! Uh, what, it starts here in two, the season starts here in two days. Yes, baby! Um, so, uh, to start with, um, what player are you most, ex- like, what player are you most looking forward to seeing play? Uh, I am not ecstatic about anybody so far. Um, and I, I honestly don't know why. I think it's, it's, I don't love this incoming freshman class. Like, there's some grade A dudes, but, um, I'm not excited to see what they're going to do because I, pretty sure I know exactly what they're going to do. You got you guys like James Wiseman, who's going to be a 15 and 10 guy all throughout. He's going to look consistent. We're going to hear some um, he looks a little weak occasionally. Uh, We're going to hear a lot about his upside and that's going to be consistent all year, even if he goes into a little slump. Um, then you got your guys like um, the guard going to North Carolina. Uh, I cannot think of his name right now. Let me look that up. Cole Anthony. Uh, I know what's going to happen with Cole Anthony. 
Cole Anthony is going to look like one of the fastest humans alive on uh, just about every single play. He's going to be more athletic than everyone. It's going to be obvious that he is one of the top five point guards in this draft class, and only top five because of how crazy this top this uh, draft class is at the point guard position. So, those would be my main two guys that I'm excited to see, and I'm. I already know what's going to happen. At least I feel like I know what's going to happen. My bad, bro. I'm real somber right now. <laughs> who, who are you excited to see? Um, so, obviously, I'm kind of interested to see um, what Wiseman will do. But for me in particular, it's actually um, Anthony Edwards over at Georgia. Uh, what, because... Personally, just from what I've seen, he's 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 gonna be he's probably I would think he's the best player in the class. I haven't seen Cole Anthony, um, but it because it's just his for me at least just watching from when I got to watch him it was like the combination of athleticism and skill, a certain at least to to watch when I when I got to see him like. Um, what, over at Briarcrest last year um, for that event or whatever. It's just like, he was strangely kind of deliberate in, in sight, but like his, his shot was automatic. Like his mid-range shot was like step in, hit, he basically did what he wanted pretty much whenever he got ready. Um, and I think he's going to still be able to do that in college even though dudes will probably be a little bit faster, a little bit bigger. Um, how y'all talk, like, I think just last podcast, it was mentioned how, like, there's some dudes we'll see in college who um, will, who are, who will, who will probably be, who will probably be better NBA players. Yeah. I feel like that's Wiseman. Um, because it's like he can do a lot of the things they want, you know, big men to do. He's athletic. He can run the floor well. Um, from what I've seen, he's he's got a decent three point shot. Um, I I'm not really sure how I feel about his post game, but also it'll I would assume it'd be it's gonna be easier to see because it's gonna be harder to double him when his teammates are so much better um, than they were in high school. That said, though, he's also not um, the loudest scorer, if you will. Like you'll probably he'll probably one of those dudes, like you mentioned, like you mentioned earlier, who will, like you said, they'll be over. He might have had twenty five points, but you don't remember when he got them. Um, what is it? I feel like I'm missing someone, but those are the two main fo- folks I'm interested in watching. Um, what team like what teams outside of your own are you kind of interested to see how they shake out Florida I'm hearing a lot about the Gators this year uh, I think they still have let me actually look up this stuff before I start talking I don't want to look like it but uh, 
they have a really good incoming freshman point guard that a lot of like the draft guys like Jonathan Giovanni and uh, I think I just butchered that name. Uh, that guys like him and Coles Wicker kind of high to like a high esteem. So I'm excited to see what uh the Gators get out of him because I've always loved Florida point guards for one. And um, the last, as far as I'm concerned, the last one they had that really caught my eye was um, Casey Hill. And I could almost see him making a splash similar to what they did freshman year. But um, that's like the main, that's one of the main teams. Um, I'm actually, this is going to be weird. And this is solely for me. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited to see what fans basketball looks like. Because if they're, um, I would like to hope that their basketball team goes as well as their uh, football team this year. And if that's the case, more money, more problems. Um, yeah, I'm definitely interested in seeing how fam does. Um, cause what? Cause what they had a freshman last year who I thought was pretty solid. Um, Randolph, I think. You know, so he'll be a sophomore this year. It's in, it'll be, I'll be interested to see how he improves. But also, just they looked halfway decent when I saw them. And so you would, so like you just kind of hope for and expect improvement, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, what outside of them though? Who was it? I'm. I just had it. Um, I'm actually kind of interested to see how UCLA and Georgetown do. Um, UCLA mainly because they just got a new. Um, the I don't. I'm drawing a mean blank for whatever reason. But their coach um, was at Cincinnati last year. Uh, Cronin. And he's pretty good. It'll be interesting to see what he'll be able to do at a more high-profile place. Um, in Georgetown, just because I think um, Ewing has kind of got the moving in the right direction, he's got he should have a solid backcourt this year, and I would assume that he should be able to halfway coach big men. So there'll be a team worth paying attention to, if for no other reason than they'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I got one more team that I am uh, kind of excited to see, and that's mm-hmm. uh, Virginia. They had a really good um, – a big man popped out to me while I was uh, watch, covering them during, uh, mm-hmm. during the tournament last year. And one of – I can't think of – I think it's deep. Yeah, he, um, for a big and someone his size, he covered the perimeter. For a big his size, Mm -hmm. he he covered the perimeter, like, so well. Like, he moved his feet, never really got crossed. And because he's so long, it just, it works. And that type of thing, that's 
that has to translate. Like, and I want to see what he looks like with more of an offensive plate. Cause, uh, I, I love seeing him clean things up around, uh, around the basket. Like he was, he was too much for him, but you could clearly see that there, there was something that was holding Tony Bennett back from playing him so much. And I do think, um, the guys that they had just, it was a better lineup, but, um, I am super excited to see how he finishes, uh, the rest of his career, especially, especially this year. Okay. Um, who do you think is going to disappoint? Uh, I hate to say it. Kansas. Nothing ever happens when good for Kansas when they're ranked this high. They always have. Some, uh, some point in the season where they hit this low point where you find them like ranked almost in the twenties or they completely fall off and then they have this resurgence. Same thing happens with Kentucky. Uh, just growing pains of teams and, um, Kansas doesn't strike me as a team. Filled with go-to scores who who can kind of just change how everything's going to look. Like they just they're this my this roster's missing something. This roster what now? I said this roster is missing something. Uh, what do you think they're missing? I think they're. I think they're missing their bona fide takeover guy. Uh, their point guard is, they, they already always have a really good, they always do a really good job of finding that next point guard, uh, to take over. And they found it, buddy who is running the show right now. Like, he is extremely solid. I understand why people had him on, at the very least, had him as a draft radar type of guy. And then I think this year there's even some projections where he's a he's a top ten point guard. Like he he's, he'll get drafted this year if he can uh, just stay solid. But I don't know what else we're getting out of everybody else. Like Marcus Garrett is Marcus Garrett is really going to have to take a leap. Uh, he's going to have to be that dude as um, he's in the backcourt. With Dotson, uh, their backup point guard Christian Bond seems like he's going to be turning some heads. But um, again, I am not excited, considering that the uh, there was I read a piece a couple days ago on a Bleacher Report through like the Kansas Kansas City Tribune or the KU something. But uh, in the post, they were saying Marcus Broad reminds them. With Marcus Garrett. And I'm shaking on Garrett. So why would I be more excited about Christian Braun? We will see all that coming through later today. And uh this team is still pretty young. Like we get we finally get just also back. David McCormick is still big out here. Uh 
We just told somebody just took a red shirt this year. Uh, I'm, Mitch Lightfoot took a red shirt this year, so know him. He's one of the team's only seniors. Uh, this team just doesn't have that same. It doesn't have that same big name talent as past KU teams, and it's not enough. Uh, experience for me to be like, okay, this is going to be the next surprising KU team. But I'm still excited to see what they got. Got the show. Um, like, is it wrong that, like, because I've I've been kind of thinking about it as you've been talking, Mm -hmm. I feel like North Carolina might disappoint. Now, when I say this, I don't necessarily mean they're going to be bad. But everything I keep hearing about, in part, why they why they're ranked certainly as high as they are, um, is what solely because of Cole Anthony, um, and I guess people's confidence in his ability. Um, and granted, like, and it and it kind of sounds to me like a Trey Young esque type of thing, which, in fairness, I don't necessarily think it, like North Carolina's. So, like his supporting Cole Anthony supporting cast be as bad collectively as Trey Young's was, but it's not really a dynamic I necessarily have a whole lot of faith in. Um, does that seem unreasonable? Um, I wouldn't say it seems unreasonable, but there is a there is a level of this makes sense when. If Trey Young did that with above-average talent, which I think North Carolina has, above-average talent, Mm -hmm. I think we're looking at a much better result. I think we're talking about second weekend. Probably not much further, if anything. There's second weekend in a tournament team, and they don't look terrible when... Uh, when Trey Young is smothered, he, he'll be able to find somebody and they'll be able to do something with the other four guys and get a basket. That's what I think uh, North Carolina has. So there's going to be enough people to save him from himself. Um, and I really believe that. I just hope they can prove that. Okay. Yes. Um, what? A, oh, I don't think I've ever asked. Like, outside of self, who are some of your favorite coaches? Ooh, some of my favorite coaches. Uh, I am going to be one of those people who seem like a very casual guy because my favorite coaches are kind of like everyone's favorite coaches. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you about to be mad at me because I can't think of. The coach from Michigan State's Tom Izzo. Love Tom Izzo. Uh, Tom Izzo gets red as a beat in the face and still has some of the best outfits in college basketball, if you ask me. Um, I love, I love how I have yet to see another coach have crazy bonding experiences with their players. Um, as much as him, 
and as consistently as him. Like, I can remember videos of him and Draymond Green crying together. I can remember there's I think there's a video of him crying together last year when um when his team did they win last year? Uh Michigan State? Yeah. Um not Virginia won last year. Okay. My bad. I am I'm out of it. Uh but yeah, you when he I think when they lost last year, he cried. There are there's not another coach who seems like he leaves with so much emotion and no matter what happens, it looks like his players still hold him in a high regard. I've yet to hear any players really complain about being at Michigan State. Like players really seem like they love that the environment that he he has. And I also think he's one of the better extras and O's O's coaches. Cause not every year he gets like a top one or two top prospects. But the rest of them are fielded by guys who um who could be stars at mid majors, but because they came to a D one program, they have to really work their butts off. And um for lack of better words, prove they belong and they do a heck of a job of that every single year. And um I don't I don't know if any other team could do this consistently with a different coach. Like he just he just works there. And um Shoot, that might that might be my favorite coach. I I think I might even like him more than Self. Self is just like a consistent face at this point. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, what about you? I know so, it's probably gonna be your boy Penny. I mean, like if I'm talking mm-hmm. favorite coaches, of course. Just because, and part of it with him is is just like obviously, like I think he's a, he's a solid coach. But it's also, he's just, he's a lot more hype than a lot of other coaches in terms yeah. of, like, how, certainly in, 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 like, as far as the medium or whatever, how, like, he expresses himself and everything. And I kind of like that. Um, that, and also, um, I think Memphis is going to be pretty good this year. Um, but... Like, outside of that and kind of general fandom-y things, um, I feel like a lot of the coaches that I tend to like, kind of like to run, like, tend to kind of have an emphasis on defense stu- stuff and um, tend to kind of have an emphasis on defense. And, um, like, they tend to run a deep bench or a deeper bench than um, a number of other coaches necessarily would. Um, like, I like, um, dang it, I'm, I'm about, why can't I remember dude's name, but, uh, the coach over at Florida State. Oh, yes, um, I cannot remember that beautiful man's name. You know, that man is like, Leonard, for, Leonard Hamilton. Thank you. Um. That is an all of 73 year old name. It's, that, and that was kind of the thing, well, one, I like him, because he runs the deep bench. 
he likes his players, you know, kind of long and athletic, but I really like that he runs the deep bench. Um, they like to, to run and take advantage of that, that this is him and everything. But, um, actually what got me with him was when I first found out, like, no, no, okay, so a couple years ago when, FS, like, I guess on any kind of national stage or whatever, or people who aren't FSU fans, or, okay, when I, when I got to the point I halfway actually cared about FSU basketball, I think they were ranked, this was a couple years ago, I'm like, oh, I guess they got a new coach or something, right? Go and look it up. He's been there since, like, 96 or something. And I'm just like, hmm? Forever. Yeah, I'm just like, okay. Um, but I like him. I like Mark Few. Um, I actually kind of like Cronin and, um, who's, you know, at UCLA now, but I I liked, um, how he had his Cincinnati team. Um, I've also, I also like Smart, even though he hasn't been all that successful at Texas. I also, I also like Izzo, like you do. Um, I actually kind of like Cal. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I think part of it is just I, cause my if you would ask, um, like my dad for example, he don't like him, but I also started paying attention to college basketball more or less when he got to Kentucky. So, eh. but it's like I'm I'm aware of all the stuff. I just I just think he's a solid coach. Um, on the whole. Um, let's see, anybody else? Um, for the time being, it's more or less the the coaches I like. Um, but it's, it's, it's just one of those interesting things. Um, without, uh, I feel like I'm about to go off on a tangent, I'm going to stop. No, man, go ahead. No, nah, it's just like. Because you'll get dudes, and I think one of the things with, with Smart's tenure at Texas, not to say it completely excuses it, but, like, in, like, two of his seasons, in, like, on in at least two different seasons, he um lost his um, leading scorer for whatever reason. Um, I think in one case, Kid had to stop playing because he had leukemia. I think that was... um. Oh, yeah. Uh, Andrew Jones, I think his name is. I feel like yeah. I messed it up. But, and, I, I want to think he's okay now, but yeah, that was, that was just kind of tragic. Um, and like, in general, they've kind of disappointed, and he keeps losing big men to the league. Um, no shame in it, but that is a thing. But, I kind of like him again because of the kind of defensive focus. Um, but what I was saying, it's kind of interesting how, like, you'll you'll have coaches, they do well at, like, the at, like the lesser-known schools, like, I guess kind of VCU or, I can't remember that man's name, over at Wichita State or wherever. And, like, they'll do really well at a smaller school, and then they'll get to a bigger program, like a, a coach will get to a bigger program and struggle. Why exactly do you think that is? Like, if you had to guess. Um, why they 
struggled at the uh, bigger programs. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a recruiting thing. You, I think when you first move up, it's a negative connotation of the program. You're, you're most likely in a bit of a rebuild because you did just fire a coach. So maybe your team isn't very good. You also aren't able to recruit the same guys that you did in the past because of who you have to compete with. So, yes, it would be nice to bring uh, your entire VCU crew with you to to Texas. But when you guys play, let's say, Kansas, and you're going up against point guards who are going to be National Player of the Year or Parade All-Americans, that, um, that press doesn't work as well. There's some other players back there that we can find. We're, we got the much better passers. You're no longer playing the little rock Arkansas of the, uh, of the college basketball sphere. You're playing NBA guys. Um, so then you have to then go out being known as the guy who grandfathered in the Havoc system. And this is how he runs his players. And you're looking at, hey, who have you got to lead? What are they known for? What is their career trajectory? And then you also have some parents who uh, would like to, I'd like to say, know a little bit about the game. It's like, hey, this doesn't look like a good fit for you. So you struggle to get recruits until you can prove that, hey, um, Texas is a place for you because we can make you successful. And that talks, and that starts with talking the right language to the right player, also known as Mo Bamba. Because if you notice, that was like his first big recruit. Um, but yeah, he had. Yeah, didn't he yeah. get Jared Allen before, before Bamba? Did he? Yeah, I thought he had, yeah, he had Jared Allen. Uh, all that. Well, pretended I said all of that stuff and said Jared Allen before Mo Bamba. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me look up because I don't think Jared Allen was as big as a recruit as um, Bamba because I remember Bamba being like a what. I remember him being like top ten with it. Okay, so Jared Allen was top twenty. So okay. that is one of their bigger recruits in recent history. Let me see the next year is twenty seventeen. Yeah, and Bomber was the top three recruit. Okay. So but I think that's when the floodgates get better and better for you. That first recruit that is, uh, for lack of better words, suckered into coming to, um, he suckered into coming to your program. And then from there, it's just, it's proving yourself all over again on a larger stage that you can get guys 
ready for the league. You can give them some ABA buzz. You can make sure that you are a winning program. And prior to this, um, Texas wasn't all that for a while. I mean, like, yeah, you're there, but you're not talking. Square this to me, baby. Square, square this. Um, and you're right. The 2016 with uh, Jared Allen is like their best recruiting class in the last couple of years because it's top six in the nation. Um, and then once that happened, you got less and less to worry about. Then you you get the Bo Bombers, you get the Jared Allens, you get uh, you get Jackson Hayes, who I had no idea was an actual basketball player until seeing him play, and that was ridiculous. I, I completely forgot about him. So I think I think that's really what it is. You just you gotta wait. It's a process for everything. Uh, yeah, but fan bases can be mighty impatient. Hey, you know what you gotta do? Hope they don't run up on you and your family and beat you up and just keep pushing. Because eventually you lay that big recruit and people shut up. Yeah. Unless your teams continue to suck, then, you know, then there will be pitchforks. Oh, um, oh yeah, are you planning to, um, watch the games on Tuesday? Cause what it opens, the season opens with, what was it? Is it Michigan State and Kentucky and Kansas and Duke? Something like that. Um, I will hate to inform you this, my good friend. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I'm that? I'm, yes, Kansas, Duke, and Michigan State and Kentucky. But what, you got a, Mavericks game to go see? I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, we're doing some behind-the-scenes stuff for a um, some article, a series of articles that I'm working on, and we are taking a look behind the scenes as ticket season ticket holders. The first one, and then we just do like special events that the teams host uh, for their season ticket holders. So. Um, I have to go to that game on the 6th. So, trust me, I will be being a great corporate citizen and streaming those games <laughs> at work the next day. Yeah. What about you, man? You, I, know, I know you're hitting them up. That's the plan. Unless something <laughs> comes up, that's that, that's what I'm about to be doing come, what, like 6 o'clock tomorrow? Uh, not tomorrow, Tuesday. It'll be interesting if nothing else. Oh yeah, you can. Uh, that first, those first day games are always the best because you will automatically get so much. Um, as I would like to use my college degree, postulating on how good a team is because that first game, Duke looked um, looked just as good as it was all season basically in Kentucky flip the script to being like, oh my goodness, did they just get ran through to, huh, this is actually a really good team. Yep. But, uh, anything else you want to talk about? I think I am tapped out, my guy. Alright, why don't we wrap it up? Alright, Calvin. Thank you for being with us today. <laughs> I don't know why that sounded like a funeral. But we do bid you adieu. <laughs> 
thanks for being around as long, guys. This is the Traveling Hoovers podcast. We're about to get out of here. I have been your host, Alan Pettigrew, and my guy, Calvin, is going to sign us off. Um, what? Am I? Crap. Whatever. What's up, y'all? Thanks. Um, thanks for listening. You can find me on Twitter at C McGowan, I, I, at C. M-C-G-O-W-A-N-I-I. Um, I don't really use it like that, though. Thank you, guys. I am out of here as your master of ceremonies. Um, you can find all of the Traveling Hoopers work, and you can get this podcast wherever streaming platforms are held. And you know what bothers me about when people say that? What? You can get a podcast... You know, for you to listen to a podcast, that means you definitely know where to get podcasts. Because there's no way that you hear them say that at the end of the podcast, if you don't know where podcasts are hosted. I, I don't know. Maybe they just walked in on their friend listening. Isn't no, because then you just ask the friend. You wouldn't need the recording to tell you. Because you could just be like, hey, bro, what is that? And they'd be like, it's a podcast. And you'd be like, oh, like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts? And you'd be like, yeah, but they also have other stuff if you don't want to use those things. Like CastBox. Um, Stitcher. Yeah, sponsors, guys. Ah, podcast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's always bothered me. But... Please do us a favor. Follow us at Traveling Hoopers on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube at Traveling Hoopers. We have a bunch of more game footage coming. And as guys who are filming a lot of work this season, it is the opening week for high school basketball in most states. So I will be giving you guys so much content over the next few months. Uh, I I just can't wait. Uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been the Traveling Hoopers. We out.